2: Hello, tech fans, and welcome in to episode 119 of the Tech Sideline podcast, originating from TSL's high-tech studios in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. Whether you're watching live on Facebook, watching archived on YouTube, listening on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, however you consume the TSL podcast, we're so glad that you could join us as we record on Wednesday morning, February 19th. We're thrilled because... Today's podcast is really all about you, our live viewers. We want you to drop questions on Facebook Live. We're going to spend the majority of today's show taking questions from you that Will and Chris will answer, but we will spend a little bit of time previewing tonight's men's basketball game. Virginia Tech hosts Miami at 9 o'clock inside of Castle Coliseum, and we'll spend a little bit of time talking about the future of Castle Coliseum and a tweet that Virginia Tech Athletic Director Whit Babcock put out over the weekend about seats at Castle Coliseum. Again, we've got the best crew here today with you. As always, we've got the best producer in the land, Malcolm Stewart, behind the scenes. He's taking your Facebook Live questions on the podcast set. Our managing editor, Chris Coleman, our founder and general manager, Will Stewart. And I'm your podcast host, Evan Hughes. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Episode 119. A reminder that this week and every week, the Fisher Law Firm is a proud, proud sponsor of the tech sideline podcast. They're Virginia's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic related offenses from their office in Blacksburg. They're able to serve the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. Whether you're charged with driving under the influence or speeding, the official law firm realizes that each case is important to the client. To date, the firm has defended more than 30,000 people charged with moving violations for free consultation, call any time, day or evening, toll free at 1-800-680-7031. Again, that's 1-800-680-7031. Or you can email them at info at com. With hey, that, good morning.
0: Since we have a little looser format today, pull up my Twitter feed and let's do the song lyrics.
2: Do you have a song lyric? Okay, oh, yeah, it's been a it, while. I've had it up there a long time, actually. While we're doing that, Chris Coleman, how are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm doing well.
3: I'm doing well. I just looked at a Brandon Patterson article, sent, and it's 3,700 words. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to edit that that bear today. Brandon Patterson. It's going to be pretty
0: good. It's about the passing game.
3: Will,
2: how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm just sitting there grinning because, you know, we we pay Brandon the same amount per article. So if he wants to crank out 3,700 words, go for it. You know, we, we don't pay him <laughs> by the word count.
2: So uh, I actually was on your Twitter bio a couple of days ago and mm-hmm. I thought this was just a really powerful quote that you had in here. I didn't realize it was a part of a song. So
0: once we identify the song, we will get Chris to perform it. <laughs> oh I
2: can't wait. <laughs> Not so much. Today's the perfect day to start clipping pieces of the podcast on social media, and the first one is of Chris Coleman <laughs> saying Chris
0: performing this song. So The quote. You gonna do the quote first? All right, go for it.
2: The mind is a powerful place, and once you feed it can affect you in a powerful way
0: yes those are actually lyrics don't i i'm, I'm sure buzz williams would love that
2: <laughs> i was about to say i felt like a hashtag get better hashtag quote. get better you team added coach that buzz to the end. i would have thought that was just a powerful quote yeah in your bio <laughs> there will
0: uh, so again try to identify it without googling um we did discuss this uh, on on one of the boards uh, probably a month or two ago. So anyway, we'll circle back around to that later. Let's I'll say it one forget. more
2: time for those watching live. We'll get to it. In you the gotta end. say it faster though. The mind is a powerful place, and what you feed it can affect you in a powerful way. All right, so we'll get to that to the, to the end of the podcast. Heavy man. Uh, real quick, because we've got a lot going on right now, techsideline.com. It's a great time to become a part of the family. 84 is the annual price, Eight forty nine the monthly price, Twenty nine ninety nine the student price. Of course, the TSL subscriber board, one of my favorite parts, being a part of the TSL family. Great content right now. Chris, anything you want to highlight that's on the website right now?
0: Oh, gosh. Well, he just did. He said yeah. Brandon Patterson's coming. Yeah, you're writing an article today,
3: right? I was going to save that from Yes. Uh, yeah, so we'll lots lots of stuff. That's actually perfect because it gives me a break. Because we have a 9 o'clock game tonight, so I'm not yeah. going to stay here all day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you got a scouting report on uh, Alec Bryant.
3: I did, and I did one the day before on Jordan
0: Brunson. Yeah, so it's scouting report season. Chris yeah. does individual scouting reports on, on all the recruits right. after they sign. And
3: it's not going to take me as long mm-hmm. this year because it's not a very big class. I'm, right. I'm probably 25% done already, and it's, I think I've only done maybe five of them. Yeah, like four of them. well
2: you've got a big article coming out today. that I understand you are up until 2.30 in the morning.
1: Finish i it. was
0: we teased it the other day it's titled unhinged and it is a look behind the scenes at what happens when a when hokey fans come unglued and take it out on the tsl message boards so uh last night i sat down to start it i said i'm like i don't know 10 o'clock to start it and i just kept going so it wound up uh, i finally finished about two o'clock or 2 30. and it is how do i put this it is an interesting engrossing often disturbing and ultimately personal look at some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes uh here at tsl specifically with regards to the message boards um i i don't think i've ever written anything like it so uh yeah if you're a subscriber make sure you you don't miss it it will you will find it very interesting um so i'll just i'll tease it that's a clickbait tease but uh you know me i don't I don't delve into clickbait so it's uh, uh, it is like I said I've been doing this over 20 years and I've never written anything like this so check it out
2: we had a good conversation about clickbait a couple uh, podcasts ago
0: we did yeah what were we talking about
2: about uh Certain quotes being taken out of context. and then click right, point, right, right,
0: right. <laughs> that was the rant about the whole um, um, transfer portal yes, thing.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, all of our articles are pushed out on our social media platforms. We invite you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well as Instagram at TechSideline. Be sure to follow us and stay up to date with everything going on at Virginia Tech Athletics.
0: Yeah, so our, our, our philosophy for Twitter is that um, we're a little different. I guess we're not, actually. If you look at sports writers, they all have their own individual Twitter accounts like Norm Wood is at Norm Wood. Andy Bitter is at Andy Bitter VT. Um, it, the way it evolved on Tech Sideline was we have the at TechSideline Twitter feed and then Chris and I both have our individual Twitter feeds, Will Stewart TSL and Chris Coleman TSL. And we finally, after many years of just randomly doing whatever, we finally set our strategy as you follow us on at TechSideline to get article links, We'll retweet news and stats and things like that. And if you want to, typically, if you want to follow us during a game, the, the game action, that's the one to follow. If you want more uh, opinionated, offbeat type stuff, then you follow our individual accounts. But, of course, the solution is just follow all three. And in, in our, at, in our at tech sideline Twitter feed, we try to be clear when an article that we're tweeting is a pay article. You know we try to make that clear so you don't click on it and get well we, we used there. to be i don't do that anymore i, I do when i tweet yeah. stuff out uh, I, I don't i don't do it because uh,
3: i want people to go to click on it and be able to read the like the first three or four paragraphs and say that's true. That's really interesting. And then say, oh, I can't read anymore. I have to pay. Uh, let me <laughs> and try then that. it's yeah. a
2: great time to become part of the family right then and there. That's right. Right. So.
0: Well, it, it depends. You know, you only got two hundred eighty characters. You know, right. so if you want to properly describe or tease right. an article, it, you, you know, sometimes we don't mention that it's. No, it terrific. used to be even tougher when it was one hundred forty characters. It was, on, it was well. You know impossible. where I really do it is I really do it on Facebook because mm-hmm. when Andy Bitter was here the other day, he said his Facebook feed is not as popular as it used to be when he worked for the Roanoke Times and everything was free. So if you keep just dropping links to pay articles and you don't warn people on Facebook, they get pretty mad.
2: Uh, Real quick, I want to do this before we move on because there was some uh, big news from our Virginia Tech football and baseball beat writer yesterday. I want to uh, quickly shout out Corey Van Dyke uh, who announced he's got some uh, big plans uh, this summer. He accepted a position with the National Baseball Hall of Fame as a communications PR intern. Of course, Corey really loves baseball, and I just want to take a, a, a quick moment. We had Corey on a podcast last year when you were out of town one time. It was, he just has done great work, it just felt like, for TSL over the last couple of years. I wanted to just give a moment to highlight Corey, and if you guys just want to chime in on just how great of a person it is to have Corey work for TSL. You know, he
3: applied for that uh, for that job at the Baseball Hall of Fame, put us down as a reference, <clears throat> and we never got a phone call. At least I didn't. Yeah. I same you didn't either. So they yeah, like, did not they didn't even need to reference him like his work speaks for yeah, itself. Yeah, the body of work is yeah. out there. His body of work is out there and it's awesome. <clears throat> and uh I think his last visit to Cooperstown was when he was 12. He yeah. was playing baseball was up there. Playing baseball. Now that he's older, he'll, he'll appreciate it more. Um actually, you ever you ever seen the movie A League of Their Own? I'm not. You've not seen a league of their own. You're a sports fan. Oh, no. God, this is awful. There's mean. no crying in baseball. You heard that line, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, I actually have. <laughs> That's heard that. from. And league I've of heard
2: of the movie. I had not uh, even heard of all.
3: But the, but the, there, there, but there's an opening uh, scene where there's a baseball game being played when everybody's in town at the baseball hall of fame, and that stadium is actually right there. I parked in the parking lot to that stadium to go to the baseball hall of fame, and I was uh, and I watched like a little league game in there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool little town, and when I say little. I mean, little. Uh, um, I, I was up there. I, I was on the, up there for like a. I think it was a holiday. I think it might have been Memorial Day when I was up there. There's like two bars in the town, so I was trying to watch the Braves game. But since it was Memorial Day, one of the two bars was closed, <laughs> wow. and the other bar actually didn't have the baseball package, which is just odd. You're a bar in Cooperstown, in, right? And right. you don't have the baseball didn't have the back. baseball package. Wow. And uh, so I couldn't watch the Braves game. That, huh. that was strange. Right. Anyway.
2: But I just wanted to take a moment. For yeah,
0: Corey. so Corey, is, uh, he's graduating this year, and uh, baseball is actually his first love. It's its the sport he played, and and he wants to be a baseball writer. So it's a good opportunity for him. And, and of course, my first question was, oh, is that a paid internship? And yes, it is. So I see this as uh, the um, Hall of Fame is hiring Corey. They're going to kick his tires and see what they think. So it's a good start for him. It's
3: funny, uh, you know, he's going to be writing for their newsletter, and I, I get that newsletter Yeah, ever since, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's
2: awesome. Congratulations to Corey. Great way to kind of open up the podcast here. Episode 119. Again, this podcast is going to be centered all around you and the questions. So any questions you may have, any sport trivia whatever you got for will and chris drop it now malcolm will write it down we'll get to it very soon we only have a little bit of planned content here in the beginning part of the podcast and let's move to that right now we record on wednesday morning february 19th and virginia tech looks to make it two in a row against miami at nine o'clock inside of castle coliseum not six not seven not eight nine o'clock as chris rolls his eyes on the couch uh but (laughs) what what i'll say to that the hurricanes 13 and ten, five and 10 in the conference What's different about this game compared to a couple weeks ago when Tech lost seventy-one sixty-one? Uh,
3: you know Tech didn't play well, and they didn't play well in the first half. They they were down what twenty-two at halftime. Yeah, it was
0: forty-one to nineteen at one point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
3: right, it was. And uh, they came back and cut, cut it to four in the second half. So uh, Virginia Tech didn't play a good game. They didn't play a good forty minutes of basketball. On the other hand, Miami was without leading scorer Chris Likes. Uh, McGusty played, but only sparingly and he was rusty and didn't play very well so miami was basically without their two best players in that game so that, <laughs> so that part is concerning and they still hammered. and tech. they still hammered tech in the first half yeah. um, so that part is concerning that being said mike young on tech talk live on monday night said miami's only one one road game yeah. This year, and that was back and in December. I now haven't looked that up myself to confirm it. I'm just assuming that Mike Young is correct.
0: And wasn't that part of a three day playing at Boston College, then playing at Miami stretch for Virginia Tech, or like a four day stretch? Yeah, it was Saturday, Saturday Tuesday. to Saturday, Saturday Tuesday, Tuesday. You know, yeah. and, and the
3: Saturday Wednesday games. <clears throat> are few and far between this year. It seems like right. Tech's played a lot of Tuesday games.
0: Uh, I, I think the ACC plays a lot of games on Tuesday nights. I think I think they have a pretty heavy schedule on Tuesday. They do. I
3: mean, the league's expanded now. There's there's twenty games a year. Um, it used to be like it seemed like Wednesday was the main
0: midweek night. But for at least yeah. for Tech this year, it seems like it's been Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Um, and and so that's a stretch where you go up to Boston College. There's nobody there. Oh, it was the, it was the two longest trips. In the two right. least full, quietest arenas, right. and right. I think it's just weird for
3: well, guys. The, the BC crowd was that was the best crowd for a BC Tech game I've seen in a while because they were retiring Troy Bell's jersey. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So that was a decent crowd that day, but you know, it's you fly it to Boston, you fly back to Blacksburg, then you fly to Miami, uh, and I mean, they have
0: to by NCAA rules. By the way, they can't, they could not in that stretch go from Boston. All the way down to Miami and just spend their time in Miami. Right. It's uh, so yeah, that's a tough. That was a tough stretch. Um, it's, it's, a,
3: it's a home game. It's a winnable home game. So you got to win it. Um, you've already you've lost to Boston College at twice. Home. Well, I'm talking about home, home games. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a home game that you need to win because you can't lose two home games to teams in the bottom half of the league. Is the way I see it. So you need to go ahead and and uh, actually, I, I don't even know where Boston College is in the standings, but I know you are. know
0: they're creeping around. The last I saw, they were seven and eight, right? You know, which is a testament
3: so. to how bad the ACC is because BC is a bad basketball. Team. Yeah, they're and they they
0: beaten Tech um, twice. I watched. I told you I watched them beat NC State yeah. the other night.
3: Uh, you know, there, there's there's some rumors. Uh, John Beeline is being mentioned for that job, hmm. assuming wow. he leaves the Pistons.
2: Well, no, yeah, it is confirmed. It is he's the Cavaliers. He's leaving oh, yeah. the Cavaliers. Cavaliers. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> uh, after I think he signed a five-year deal. He doesn't well, make it a half season. That was
3: that was a bad. I never thought that was a good decision. Now he's from what I understand, he got tired of the recruiting game at a big school like Michigan. Uh, he's an old-school coach. He just likes to coach X's and O's. Yeah. Um, Boston College would be a good fit for him. It's it's a different recruiting. BC's, game. BC's never going to recruit at a high level. You know, at their peak under Al Skinner. I don't know why we're spending time talking about the about ins- Boston, Boston College, college basketball. Because we can't stand him. We hate losing to him, uh, so we're talking about But, you know, they could go out to California in the month of July, two months before practice starts, and find some random dude named Jared mm-hmm. Dudley. That nobody else wanted. He's yeah. Still
2: balling in the NBA right is now. He, for the really? Lakers. he, he absolutely yeah. is. Jared. He's Dud- actually not a bad player. Jared
3: no. Dudley had a dad bod when he was eighteen years old. There was nothing about this dude <laughs> that made you think he was an he was a future NBA player, right? But he he just knew how to play. Yeah. And uh, did you just use the word dad I, bod I, on I the did. podcast? I, mean, that, I love it, Chris. That, do, is, does that not accurately describe Jared Dudley? It ac- Jared Dudley. Last okay. Well, that's year. how he looked when he was eighteen, wow. playing for Boston College. He's always looked like that, and so beeline in. A system like that at a program like that it was probably a pretty good fit
0: you're right they're not gonna be a great recruiting school but that said there is a segment of of the basketball playing high schoolers that that they appeal to well you know and if you find the right guys and
3: they got to be a system program yeah uh when they had al skinner what was, what was that uh the tight flex tight flex offense they ran a specific system and he recruited to that system
0: and, and Skinner was a good coach for them and then he got pasqualone you know
2: but you put b in the ACC wow that would be an interesting dynamic talking about just getting another You're coach a, that's got a two national
3: be, championships games and it would be an interesting short-term dynamic yeah he's yeah. what is he
2: 67 yeah I'm sure he's close to 70 yeah um but anyways, that's interesting there about Boston College um Real quick, I'm going to ask Will this straight up here before we move on. Tech six and eight. Is this a must win for Tech considering the rest of their schedule if they want the NIT?
0: Well, we spent a lot of time the other day talking about uh, um, how many you know what how many of the remaining six games six games left or five. You know, how, how many of them can Tech win? And this is one, if you want to win some games yeah. and have a winning record, it's you got to win this right, one. Right, correct. You know, and as we also talked about, the NIT is just so hard to predict because there's a lot of bid stealing that goes right. on.
2: Right now, somebody
0: sent us a link on
3: Twitter yeah, yesterday. Cyber seed. Uh, yeah, Cyber
2: <clears throat> NIT Bracketology that came out yesterday, so this is pretty up-to-date, mm-hmm. has Tech as a six-seed playing at SMU, the three-seed, to begin the NIT. So. All right. Uh, And it's actually a pretty interesting field. This has NC State as a one seed, uh, Texas in there, Tennessee, UConn, VCU, Arkansas. I mean, a lot of schools that typically are in the NCAA tournament. NC
3: State is a one seed in the NIT. If they don't make the NCAA tournament this year, they ought to be ashamed of themselves because they got good players on that team and the ACC is down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this year should have been. No, they're having a decent year, but, you know, they, you they go to Boston College and right. lose, you can't do that. Right, yeah.
2: Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on here to talk a little bit about Castle Coliseum yeah. as a whole because there are some news that came out uh, actually this weekend about Castle and our athlete, uh, Virginia Tech's athletic director, Whit
0: Babcock. So Malcolm tossed the uh, tweet up onto the television.
2: So this was uh, somebody tweeted at him. Uh, it was a picture of J-Rob and Ace Custis shaking hands at Castle, and it perfectly displays half the maroon seating in the student section and then half of the wooden chairs above it. The old it, chairs, yeah. The old chairs. And someone tweets at, Wit: we have to get those seats finished at Gabcock, and he responds, says, agreed. Coming after this season, $800,000, with a couple of emojis, budgeted 18 months ago, one step at a time, Boulder plans for castle and football forthcoming. hashtag Nice Dub hashtag Hokies.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so he's telling you they're going to spend eight hundred thousand dollars to replace the rest of the seats in castle. Right, and make
2: it all with
0: or, with the chair backs, with the cup holders. Real
2: quick for those that haven't had a chance to sit in those maroon chairs, what is, are, are, are they comfortable
3: much, chairs? They're much better than the old chairs. Now but, they're
0: they're not uh, cushioned; they're right, hard, right. hard plastic. Uh, but they're still, but they're, they're, still
3: they're good. fine. Um, the the old seats were actually put there in the 1960s when castle
0: and was, at one point refinished opened. but right, they were right. removed refinished and put back yeah. i've
3: got three of those seats in my closet at home
0: when like, did you buy those
3: several years ago yeah. my god they're heavy i can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't really? lift oh they're all welded together like 1960s design yeah. like like the, the the seats aren't separate like three of them are they're all you need, connected you need to, to, to
0: tweet other. out a picture of those
3: uh yeah they're buried in the back of my closet somewhere, which I'm actually thinking about, like, what am I going to do with three old seats like that? Lug them around for the rest of my life? I'm thinking about selling them to anybody who wants it and donating the money to uh, I the don't TSL know. Scholarship Fund or something like
0: that. doing a
2: little auction. Um
0: I'll think about that. Yeah. I, I don't think I can really put them anywhere in my house, but maybe.
3: How about we bring them on the podcast? Maybe so we here. Do a
2: Podcast sitting in those chairs? Uh no,
3: you, they have to be connected to something. They're, right they're, oh, they're literally right. laying <laughs> against my wall, like those those old seat designs and everything. You you basically weld them down, I guess, to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I actually
2: think Bill has one in his office at Tech in Bill Shakespeare's Ruff. Hall. Actually. Bill's got Bill. a lot of things. Yeah. 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 So well,
1: we
0: can bring them here, and we can we can do like a live.
3: I'm, I'm, no, I'm not bringing them in here. You've never oh, tried man, to lift. This is fun. It's fun. You've never tried to lift those things.
0: <laughs> well, we'll get Malcolm, the best producer in the land, to come <laughs> That's over there and saying. put it in the back of the pickup truck.
2: Look, he's got that smile on his face. <laughs> See, I tell you what, I'm still upset about the whole AAU, AAU basketball thing. I'm taking Malcolm and I'm starting five, all right, if I'm on a team. All right, so, right. all right. Yeah. Thank you. I got you, Malcolm. Uh, real quick, the future of Castle Coliseum. This is, a, I feel like, a topic that. A lot of tech fans have talked about for quite some time will castle will they ever tear it down and build it back up will they renovate it i mean now that they're going to put eight hundred thousand dollars to finish the seats inside mm-hmm. what do you guys think the future is of castle coliseum assuming they're going
3: to do all the seats that are in there right now that that kind of leads me to believe that when they do announce a refurbishment uh of castle which is coming very coming soon yeah from what we understand, uh, as, as Witt alluded to, that they're not going to touch the interior as far as the, the the part where you sit and watch the game. Because um, why would you spend $800,000 on seats just to rip those seats up a couple years from now and, and redo the interior, right? right? So to me, that's a hint that the interior is not going to change very much at all. And if it is, it'll be limited to, to one part of the arena as opposed to the whole thing. But like, They're not going to totally gut it like Georgia Tech did with Alexander Memorial Coliseum when, when uh, I mean, they completely changed that arena. That's just a completely different place. I think Tech's renovations of Castle will be limited to exterior stuff and stuff outside the, the bowl. The concourses. The, uh, the concourses are going to get bigger and wider. The exterior will have a different look, probably a lot more glass. The the flying buttresses. I'm,
0: hey, hey, Malcolm, can you pull up a picture of the exterior of uh, Castle Coliseum?
3: I'm not a uh, building construction guy, but I think the flying buttresses or whatever, I think they're just there for show. I don't think they're actually supporting anything. Um, so, And they're dirty all the time anyway. They, yeah. they look terrible. Um, so I, th- I think the exterior is going to look a lot different. Um, it's going to be more glass. It's, it's going to look like... <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to look more like... Oh, well, you know, basically a new modern arena, like, like... William & Mary just announced they theirs, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I do think you'll see some changes on the interior when you're watching a game. Malcolm, but not I'm actually, actually
0: put that uh, over on the video that you're streaming out. So, people, you got it? Okay. <clears throat> um, so, if you look at Castle, uh, certainly the side that faces uh, AJ and Dietrich and all that uh, – you know, that's where the, the entry is and the ticket office. You can tear that completely off and do something really nice and new. If you look at the sides, those those, those archways, those buttresses or whatever you want to call them that come out, you can tear down the exterior vertical walls and bring them out further mm-hmm. and and really widen the concourses and make a really nice external appearance and, and entry in from the, from both sides, really. So there's a lot you can do with it without ever really touching the bowl, you know. And, and one of the things, one of the points we wanted to make is that there there are no plans to actually build a new building. They're not going to. That is uh, not Where, where would you put it,
3: first of all? Yeah.
0: All right. So so people want uh, a new
3: practice facility, or not a new practice facility, but a new football, football operation center. They want a new Castle Coliseum. Well, there's not room enough to do both of those things. Mm-hmm. There, there's just not.
0: So I heard uh, many years ago, and I could never find this in in any Planning documents or anything on Virginia Tech's website, or I, I researched it one time. I couldn't find it, but somebody told me that years ago the original plan was to build a new convocation center slash coliseum on Chicken Hill, mm-hmm. which you know that that I'm not saying that's the plan now. That's not going to happen. But I can picture that. You know that was that would be good access to 460. You come down Southgate, right. and boom, you're right there. Right, it'd be a longer walk for the students.
3: Yeah, I'm. I see attendance is so fickle these days you want your students to be there and yeah and making them walk all the way to chicken hill it on a february night when it's 20 degrees that's not a good idea we need to keep that as close to the leave it where it is right
0: um so so that's not going to happen and the other thing is that that tech fans really uh and and our athletic director with babcock they they really prize that that steeply banked a configuration of castle that mm-hmm. traps the noise and and they don't build them these days they they can't build them but fire codes, if, codes. If,
3: if you knocked castle down mm-hmm. and try to rebuild it from scratch you would not get a good home court atmosphere or right. at least not as good a one as exists now yeah. because the new fire codes would not allow it
0: yeah
2: interesting point yeah That's, so you did not know thought that? about
0: that yeah ab- absolutely and there there are even limits on I don't think you can even go in and start tearing out some of the concrete right. that supports the seats. Mm-hmm. I think once you start doing something like that, you, you have to redo it and do it. to. Right, code. Yeah,
3: like why do you think Duke's never read on their arena? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, yeah. I've never been in Cameron Indoor Stadium. I've walked by it before, and I didn't even know I was walking by it because it looks like every other building on the Yeah, it sneaks campus.
0: up on you. Yeah. Now, Castle, you, you can't miss Castle. You can't miss Castle. I, no. I was in Cameron, but gosh, that was almost 30 years ago.
2: Plus, if you tear down Castle, which they won't, one of the most underrated things that's ever happened at Castle Coliseum would officially go away. It would just be a legend. I was just looking at this and confirmed. Do you guys remember when David Wilson ran up the side of yes. Castle Coliseum?
0: There is no evidence of that,
2: but he, it is. I mean,
3: I, there's also a story about him catching a rabbit on the drill field. Right.
0: And, and, and David to his credit, never denied any of these stories. So never, yeah,
2: I actually just looked it up to try and uh, figure it out before I said it. And, uh, Oh someone uh, oh pull this up Malcolm. Someone so Malcolm did take is, a bike down Castle.
0: Oh, oh god, I hate watch that. So Malcolm just showed a video of, of a kid uh, who's carried a, a bike, a bicycle, all the way up one of those archways and then ridden it down and the laws of physics take over when he reaches the bottom.
3: So yeah, if you're a Virginia Tech, you see a video like that and you're gonna be like, Man, someday somebody's gonna do something stupid and then sue us. <clears throat> Because they were stupid, right? That was dumb. Why well,
2: take a bike? Down, so if you, again, for those listening, a bike down one of the what, arch.
0: One what, of the arches, one of the flying buttresses. That, that whatever bike had called. to
2: have broken I mean, as soon as that hit contact with the ground. I mean, that that makes me cringe. No,
0: well, the kid went to the hospital. He had some broken bones. To his credit, he did not sue Virginia Tech. <laughs> but now that we bring it up, if I am with Babcock and the architects, I am making sure that nobody can do that again.
3: Yeah, I mean, if if those flying buttresses. If they, if they don't have to be there, then I don't see the point of them. Because if, if you're going to make it a modern-looking arena, those flying buttresses, they just get in the way of the view. They're still going to stick out, yeah. Right. Even
0: if you bring the walls out like I described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they're, they're still
3: going to stick out, and they're, and they're going to—I can't picture exactly what castles would look like. I have an, I have an idea in my head. But those, those flying buttresses, they would just ruin the view. All right, listen, if you're view.
0: good with Photoshop, put together a concept. So this is just out to the listening audience. If you're good with Photoshop, get yourself a good uh, large exterior picture of Castle and go to town. Tear off the, uh, the ticket office and all that and do something on that side. Pull the walls out and mm-hmm. do something, you know, glass out there that looks really awesome. So have at it. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, Virginia Tech has some concepts they're going to roll out.
2: Last word on Castle, I looked up the three words, David Wilson Castle into Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, there's an ACC Network tweet on December 23rd, 2019. What was your favorite mm-hmm. ACC sports moment of the decade? Packer and Durham debate, and Larry at Hokie Bird Rules on Christmas Eve coast, David Wilson running up the outside of Castle Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. All right, let's do this. Let's take a time out here on the Tech Sideline podcast. When we come back, we spend the rest of the podcast. We've got about a half hour left taking nothing but questions from you. Those watching live on Facebook Live, drop your questions now. Malcolm reads it to Will and Chris. That's how we wrap up episode 119 of the Tech Sideline podcast, brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm.
0: If you have received a DUI or other traffic-related offense, the road ahead can seem uncertain. Here at Fisher Law Firm, we have a team that is with you every step of the way. We have the experience that comes along with having defended more than 30,000 criminal and traffic cases statewide and the expertise to get the job done. Call anytime, day or evening, for your free consultation or a complimentary copy of my book don't forget to ask us about our free appeal guarantee to learn how
2: we can help solve your problem check us out at fisherlegal.com this is jonathan fisher class of 98 let's go Hokies! Welcome back into the Tech Sideline podcast, episode 119. So glad you're with us. Evan Hughes, Chris Coleman, Will Stewart, Malcolm Stewart. Uh, We transition now to one of our favorite parts of the podcast, the Q&A part of the podcast, where you get to ask the questions. We discuss it on the podcast set. But I was just talking to Malcolm in between the break, and it does not sound like anybody's gotten the song lyric yet. We started off the podcast with... The mind is a powerful place, and what you feed it can affect you in a powerful way. What's that song? You want to give any hints? Will
0: I will tell you that that song is not the typical Facebook demographic. I'm not surprised that anybody on Facebook is saying, "Oh, that's such and such." Twitter would get it pretty fast.
2: Is, is this a? Can you give us a hint? Is this song that is before or it after? is not
0: sung; it is rapped. <laughs> so that's your clue.
2: Okay. There we go. All right, let's turn it over and, and, to. And
0: I'll add this: if you watch ESPN, if you watched ESPN during college football season, you've you've heard this.
2: <laughs> Any idea,
3: Chris? No, no. I, I'm I'm not musically inclined, so I don't know. I, I I like songs because of the beat, right? I don't. I really don't listen to. Lyrics, I like songs because so. of
0: the lyrics. So yeah, I had this yeah, conversation so. with a buddy of mine. If you could only listen to ten songs for the rest of your life, what would they be? So um, we can we can sort of start working that into the podcast. I have a list of about five songs so one, far.
2: One day we're going to have a podcast where we just talk about movies and songs. That's it. One day. We're, we, we'll we're either
0: gonna... get a record number of listeners or high or low. One, <laughs> right. One, one way.
2: It's going to be one way or the other. All right. All right. Let's turn it over to the best producer in the land, Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm, what's going on on Facebook Live?
1: Uh, Two people got the song already. Okay. It's The Search by NF the
0: search by nf search by NF. and it was used in uh promos for uh college football on espn good to uh know. If, so if you've heard if, if you've seen the promo on espn and you've heard the lyric uh, it's that time again better grab your balloons and invite your friends those are the lyrics from the same song so uh never heard of him before he is uh people tell me he's an eminem wannabe um <laughs> I don't know. I downloaded the song. I like it, and I like it because there is not one curse word or degrading reference to women. Well, then he's not an the, Eminem wannabe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, he's 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 Eminem with all the curse words and and derogatory female comments removed. Um, so I like it. And so N F the search. So download it and have a listen. <clears throat>
1: uh, all right. We'll start with shorter answer questions and then we'll get into the fun ones uh eric fisher how many pre no sorry what's the oldest movie evan has ever seen
2: (laughs) well the wizard of oz technically we go on like dates i mean the wizard of oz was like what the early 1930s you late 1930s have, like 1938 nine, or, nine,
0: you seven, know the nine, Wizard eight. of Oz came out the same year that Gone with the Wind came out I
2: and believe. I've seen gone really I, I, yeah. for a class in middle school I had to watch Gone with the Phenomenal a year for movies Well, King Kong was right around there too right late Kong was
0: 33 I believe I was and, there and there, I think there. Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind were 38 or 39
2: okay. so I'll, I'll say this about me I, I, I need to obviously do some work on some movies but all I listen to is 80s music okay so I, I, go, I don't really listen to now like that's all I listen to so if we want to talk music and <laughs> 80s like that's all me. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I guess The Wizard of Oz would be the, the, the oldest movie that I've seen.
0: So, Probably the oldest one I've seen is, uh, I think it's called Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Twelve, 12 Angry Men. Men. Um,
2: I've also seen episodes of The Three Stooges. That's pretty old, right? I think... That's TV, yeah. I know. not. Yeah, movie, yeah,
3: that, that'd be 40s, I guess, right? Three Stooges. What, Twelve Angry Men or Stooges? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not anyways. sure. I think, I remember when I was in school, or maybe in elementary school, we watched, like, the silent Dracula movie from like 1912 or something like that. Mm. So that would be like the oldest movie I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I good don't...
2: question. I had to think about that for a minute. Oh, real quick. Last one. Um, um, what's the Chris, my favorite Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. It's my favorite Christmas movie. I've never well, what's seen. the
0: first movie you remember seeing in the movie theater?
2: <laughs> uh, actually a really good memory. Uh, my mom picked me up, surprised me on my birthday from preschool. And we went to go see Lilo and stitch the movie. I was in preschool. I'll never forget it. Top Gun, for Top me. Gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: I was three, so I assume my parents really wanted to see the movie, and they said, "Ah, he's three. He won't pick up on anything." Oh they no, the R-rated me. stuff is Top right.
0: Gun R or PG thirteen? It was PG
3: thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, quite but, the but I, I, don't, I don't Top mean, I don't, Gun Lilo and Stitch. I movie. I, I don't remember <laughs> like the details but I do remember sitting in the theater and that opening scene, all the planes are taken off from the, wow. For, from, and I remember being three years old and I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I'm sure I saw the first one I saw was a Disney movie. I don't remember what it yeah. was. I remember the first one I took Malcolm to it was a Peter Pan movie called. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. But he was a little guy he was like, like he was probably three years old sitting in the movie theater and his feet didn't reach the end of the seat and he was sitting there with the popcorn in his lap just smiling just like wow look at that giant tv <laughs> uh, return in neverland or something like that i don't remember that
2: sounds right that sounds about right yeah all
0: right next question
1: uh, from David French, as much as we hate UNC basketball, and we do, do we need UNC to be good at hoops to help the ACC hoops reputation? Yes, well, yes, yeah, and that, yes. That would be ideal, yeah, yeah.
3: for sure. Yeah. Um, you, you obviously worry about what happens when UNC, at UNC and Duke when Roy Williams retires and when Coach K retires. I think the bigger worry is at Duke because Duke is a little more – Niche, I would say that than UNC. UNC is a big state school. They've been successful in basketball with with you know more than one head coach now. Man. It hasn't just been Roy mm-hmm. Williams.
0: Duke, and, and Duke had some good coaches pre Coach K. I'm not sure how good
3: though. Uh, like Bill Foster, not Tex Bill Foster. Vic
0: uh, Vic Bubas, yeah, I think yeah. was his name. Yeah, but uh, but
3: it was K who really took him to the next level. Yes. And the thing is, like, it, it's it's you can make a stronger argument than in his prime coach k is the best college basketball coach. you know, john Wood and coach k. yeah, right, yeah, you know. so his replacement is probably not it's not going to be as good as k, coach k was in his prime. I just I'm not sure that guy
2: even exists. Right. Um is the but, is the, air, the replacement jeff cable do you think when it comes nah, to
3: him? if it is then duke's not going to be nearly as, as good. It, it, the it, the do they go coach. with Wojo?
2: Do they go with a guy who's... It, Wojo's
3: it. a possibility. Um, at one point, I thought it was going to be Mike Bray, but, you know, Coach K kept coaching and he kept coaching and he kept coaching and at this point, he might outlast Mike Bray. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Mike Bray was a former Duke assistant. Right. Um, so, I, I think there will be drop-off at Duke. UNC, like, like, I think Roy's a very good coach, but I don't quite put him in, in the same same stature as Coach K. S- so uh, I remember back in the day, I used to think, okay, okay like uh, Shaka Smart's going to get that UNC job one day. And, uh, oh, God, who's the coach of the Celtics? Who was it? Butler? Brad Stevens. I thought Brad Stevens would get the Duke job. But those Roy and Coach K just kept coaching and coaching yeah. and coaching and coaching. And uh, now obviously now and, that's
0: and doing the same thing at Syracuse. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think we know who the Syracuse coach will be. It'll be guy the in H- 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 Hopkins, the guy at Washington. He was a... Uh, he was Beheim's longtime top assistant at Syracuse, and finally got tired of being his top assistant and took a job somewhere else. Right. He's, he's, a he's, done, a, job he's done a nice job at Washington. Um, so, if you want to keep keep the Beheim culture, keep the same system and everything Two, like that, zone. yeah, the, yeah, then the, the you go out and hire and hire that guy. Um, and, and I,
0: I, I will say this again: I'm very concerned that. The money aspect of college sports, specifically with regards to the SEC and the Big Ten, mm-hmm. is is enabling them to pull ahead of the ACC. The Big Ten's already done it. Oh yeah, just look at the rankings. I mean, Penn freaking State, for crying out loud, is ranked ninth in the country. Ru- Penn State, Rutgers
3: could outbid Duke for a basketball coach if they really wanted to. Yes. Right. So
0: so that's that's what you're dealing with, and certainly uh, uh you know, I've gone over this before in the first ten years of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the ACC dominated it. In the following 10, 10 plus years, the Big Ten is not dominating it to the same degree, but they are winning it. They're winning right. more of them. And this There's
3: year a, the, the uh, issue with college sports, in my opinion, is 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 the conferences themselves and T V deals and signing yep. their own T V deals. <clears throat> they are really ima- separated. Can you imagine what major league baseball would be like if the AL East could sign its own T V deal with the Yankees and Red Sox? Wow. Uh, uh, and compare that to what? Oh, I don't know the
2: NL Central, right?
3: Yeah, what the NL, NL Central would look like, or or any other any other division, quite frankly. Um, yeah. Uh, right. You'd, so you'd have the Cubs in the NL Central, and that's it. Yeah. Basically. Um, I mean, uh, they'd be right. carrying the load. I mean. The AL East you'd have the Yankees, the Red Sox. Uh, Baltimore's got a got it, got a pretty good fan base, obviously. Uh, so that that division, their TV contract would be insane, just because yeah. they get to broadcast eighteen Yankees Red Sox games every right. year, right? And they would, and their TV contract would mean they they would slowly pass. The NL East and, and what they were able to pay players and everything like that, because there's yeah. no salary cap in Major League Baseball. So that's the issue with college sports is the is the is the conferences getting to sign their own TV deals and things like that.
0: And and back when Seth Greenberg was coaching the Hokies, there were there were a handful of years there where the <laughs> ACC was a was like a four bid league, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 that's not good. And you look at it this year, I think the Big Ten is going to send 10 or 11 teams to the Which tournament. Is nuts. And the ACC is going to send three, maybe mm-hmm. four. If that persists, there's there's big trouble coming in the balance of power. And the SEC is already starting to spend a ton of money on basketball coaches.
2: Real quick, I have no no ties whatsoever to Rutgers, but I'm happy for their fan base. <laughs> Can you imagine being a Rutgers fan? Seriously, the last, since 2011, they've had nothing to cheer for. Football. They do not have much to cheer for before then. <clears throat> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, anyways, I, I feel like that fan base right now is on cloud nine. So, anyways. We'll being see in if the they actually
3: 25. show up to celebrate their good feelings. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah.
1: All right, next. Uh, Matt Bernard Bernard. Would you be willing to sell the naming rights to Worsham Field if the Worsham family is willing to rename the new dorm after Wes? Washington and Maryland sold the naming rights to their field specifically, but not the stadium and received 4.1 million and $2.1 million per year, respectively
0: per year. Wow. I, I don't think the issue here with, with naming rights to worship field or Lane stadium has anything to do with the Worshams. It right. has to do with being able to find a company to sign the contract. We've talked about this before. Yeah.
3: You know? I don't know. I don't know how the, how the Warshams uh, would feel about that. I, I know when tech, uh, did the thing with English Field, of course, and sold it to, to Union or Atlantic Union. Yeah, Atlantic now. Union back Now, um, I don't think I, I'd always heard the English family wasn't big on that. So not real thrilled. Not real thrilled about it. Uh, they paid a million bucks in the late '80s to get that stadium named after them, and that was a lot of money in the in the yeah. late '80s for an yeah. athletic department back then. So the compromise was reached where it's a uh, English Field, English at, Field uh, at Union, Atlantic Union Park. Um, yes yeah, so i don't know i'd be in fa- if it would ta- if it would make tech more money i would i would certainly be in favor of it but that's something they would have to they'd have to go through the Worsham family
0: yeah i, th- I think uh, i can't sorry i can't uh, regurgitate it off the top of my head but if you look at what uh, uva went through they had scott stadium then they named their field i can't remember who their field is named david at. a harrison field yeah david a harrison field and so it's David A. Harrison Field in Scott Stadium in some name John
3: Paul Jones the complex, yeah. you
0: know. So they've got actually three names that mm-hmm. they've attached to their football stadium. So it's a uh, Jim, Jim Weaver. I, I looked at the original Lane Stadium West Side expansion uh, information, which is archived somewhere on TSL. I looked at that stuff a couple of months ago, and the original plan for expanding the West Side had something like five million dollars $5 million in naming rights. Mm-hmm. Well, I got news for you. That that never unfolded. That yeah, never happened.
3: Tech got $500,000 from Carillion for <clears throat> the court in Castle. Yeah, per year. I think they're getting, what, per, two fifty dollars a year for union? Right. So this is uh, what
0: you're not talking 2 and $4 million a year. You're right. talking amounts in the hundreds of thousands. And uh, that, that's just because of where Tech is. Right. Well, that's
3: where they – I mean, it's easier to sell big corporate sponsorships in, in cities, in urban environments. Well, what school were you talking about, Malcolm, that uh, – Was it uh, Maryland? Maryland. If it was Maryland.
1: It was Maryland and Washington.
3: Okay, that would make complete sense. Washington and Seattle. I mean, Wake Forest, BB&T Field, but they're in (laughs) Winston-Salem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's easier to sell corporate sponsorships in in cities where there's a lot of people around.
0: Well, they average what? Upper 20,000 fans per game, and they've got naming rights to their football stadium. You know, Tech
3: got Carillion, uh, but it's like, okay, everybody's got to go to the hospital at some point, right?
0: I don't understand why healthcare companies advertise so much. Right, right. Know?
3: I don't know. I really don't either. I, like, I don't know. Uh, like, you get sick, you go to the hospital. It's, it's, it's right. Not, yeah. I
0: don't shop. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but but anyway. maybe some people do. I don't know. Maybe some people so, do. All right. Next question.
1: I, I lost told you, man. I had, I had no to, I had to go back and look up the uh, names of those teams. Uh, Billy Lester, it seems like the stars rankings for recruiting is outdated. If recruiting services rank kids numerically to establish star rankings, why can't they just do a numerical ranking of kids and use that for team recruiting rankings? Well, they
3: do. They do to a certain extent. They have their this recruit is ranked zero point eight nine three or whatever. Right. Um, the thing it's it's kind of buried though because uh, you have to click on his profile. I think, to see the numerical ranking, maybe. But I will
0: admit, even though that I know that, I always look at the stars It's
3: just easier to look at that star and say, oh, three-star, four-star. But you have to take it, as we've talked about, with a grain of salt. You know, the number 30 recruit in the country might be a four-star recruit. But also the number two hundred seventy eight recruit in the country is yeah. a four star recruit. I was looking up Ryan Williams' profile the other day when I was doing an article, and uh, Ryan Williams was the number twenty six recruit in the country by ESPN. Really coming out of high school, which these days would equate to five star. Yeah. It was high four star then, but the twenty six recruit in the country these days is five. star And
0: I don't think that's unreasonable. That dude, yeah. that dude, man.
3: Well, there were others that had him, like maybe rivals only had him number seven in the state. And, right. and closer to you know between top fifty and, and top one hundred, something right. like that. That's because he was always hurt in high school. He only had one year in high school where he rushed for a thousand yards. Yeah. So uh, it was really hard to predict him to be durable, which he was not.
0: He turned out not to he be he
3: turned out not to be. At tech or in the or NFL, in the NFL. Yeah. right. Just not a durable yeah. football player.
0: So I'll say this uh <clears throat> part of the difficulty with the numerical ranking that is associated that is associated with players by something like uh twenty-four-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, lower three stars are 0.8 something upper three stars are 0.8 something yeah i think lower four stars might even be 0.8 something right so if you get graded on a test there's you you can you know that a 50 is something in the 50s is bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. 60s is bad 70s is mediocre 80s 90s when you're dealing with uh, three stars up to four stars being in the point eight something range, it just doesn't pop when you're when, like stars do, right? Uh, and even
3: star, right? And even stars, it's like these days for a power five team, you're a three star guy like like even your worst players like Rutgers is filled with three star recruits, right? Yeah. Um. So I feel like like, like there's no. Nobody wants to say, "Oh, I don't feel like that kid's a very good prospect for this level." Yeah. No. Nobody wants like nobody wants to click on two four seven and read their scouting report of a player and say, "Probably should have signed with JMU instead of Rutgers." Or <laughs> He's a two like, star. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, now, if it were me, I would, I would definitely change things. Um, I would drop. I would go one through five stars.
0: Yep, like they used to in the very and, beginning.
3: And. and Cry me a river, but that's that, that's how I would do it, and I would do half stars.
0: Yes, I agree um, with half, half
3: stars. a half star system. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would start it at a half. I might start at one, and then go one and a half, two, two and a half, three, etc., right. etc. You know, because it's it's the four star thing. You know, a lot of people think four star is an elite level recruit. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's Ryan Williams, ranked twenty six in the country. Uh, Stephen Friday was also a four star recruit. But he would rank somewhere between two fiftieth and three hundredth.
0: He, he was a, he was a developmental guy all didn't, the way. Didn't
3: didn't play till he was a redshirt senior, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a big difference. But yet, if you sit there and look at it, they're both four stars, and people see the same player. Yeah. In reality, Ryan Williams should have been a four and a half star recruit, and Stephen Friday should have been a three and three a and half. half star recruit. Yep.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. So yeah, that that's definitely something I would
0: change. Yeah. All right. Good question. How many minutes are we in, Malcolm? We're trying to keep these things under an hour About these 50.
1: Days. We just hit Yeah, we just hit 49. Sweet. <clears throat> all right, from Curtis Hill, thoughts on the ACC supporting a transfer rule allowing a one-time transfer opportunity for all stud or all athletes. Will what, just
2: hit his head on the microphone uh, I, as the question well, was read. I heard Chris
0: being interviewed uh, on the radio yesterday, and I, and I think he got some clarification on this. But my I haven't looked at this very, very deeply. I, I, well, wait minute, let me finish. my If you just look at the tweet or whatever, the quote that the ACT produced, you're like, I don't get it. What are you talking about? Um, One time transfer. What does that mean? They didn't say without sitting out. Um, so what, well, Chris, what? Did, what did,
3: I was under the impression that it means everybody gets a freebie. But I think Paul, whose show I was on yesterday, was not under that impression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I don't know. I can't answer the question because I don't really know. I, I, I don't st- know what they meant. I don't know what they meant. I still assume that means everybody gets a freebie. You so you, you can transfer once without sitting out a year, but you can't transfer more than once or something. That's like how that. I uh, interpret yeah, you it. you can't as play well. for more than two schools. So, so you don't have to sit out a year when you transfer, but you can't transfer more than once. So. Damon Hazleton could have transferred to Virgi- uh, from Ball State to Virginia Tech without sitting out a year. He would have been eligible in 2017, but he wouldn't have been able to transfer again. Virginia Tech would have been his final. I'll bet if they
0: go in that direction, there's still the graduate transfer.
3: There would still be the graduate yeah, transfer yeah. thing. Um, um, well,
2: and he could transfer a second time. He would just have to sit sit out a year. Sit out. Hazleton at uh, Missouri, I, right? I, I mean, like, I, well, the, the the tweet is vague. I, I don't know. Right, uh, the, the
0: quote is vague. I
3: yeah, I really don't know how. There's no perfect solution to transfers. There's yeah. never, I mean, the people keep asking what should be done. I, 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 there's no perfect solution. Somebody's going to be mad no matter what.
0: Yeah. Um, some, some are going to win and some are going to lose. No,
3: I mean, there's two ways to think of it. I think it's completely fair to let them transfer however many times they want to, whenever they want to, from a player standpoint, because regular students can transfer whenever they want to and how many times they want to. Coaches can come and go as they please. So why can't players? But at the same time, I think you hurt the sport if you get, if you let it be a free for all. Yeah. I really think it does hurt the credibility of the sport, and I think people lose interest. As long as you keep calling it college football, people will lose interest. Um, so I, I'm I'm very divided on how I feel should be done. Now, in this rule, if 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 they were if they were given a freebie, if that's what the rules mean, that would have meant that Brock Hoffman would have been eligible last year, no matter what. Yeah. Um, which I secretly.
0: I tell you what. Let me cut in and say it will remove the favoritism that is shown towards the blue bloods when it comes to deciding on transfer. Sure, sure. Um, that that uh, exists. I totally believe. Yeah, that. yeah.
3: And, and so, I mean, I actually think something like that could potentially benefit v- v- Virginia Tech yeah. um, to a certain extent. I still don't know that I'm. I'd be in favor of it. It's not a perfect answer. I really don't know. Um, I'm. Sh- it, it's one of those things. Like nobody exactly knew what the transfer portal would lead to. No, no, no legislation had been enacted like that before. So it's one of those those things you've got to kind of throw out there, see how it works for a couple of years, and then adjust from there. Yeah. Um, so like cost of attendance, right? Except there has been no adjustment to cost. of attendance. No, they
0: botched that. They and botched, then just botched that, let it and sit. They, they botched
3: it, and then buried it, and everybody <laughs> forgets that it even exists. All right. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about that. It'd be one of those things that you'd have to roll out there and see how it works, and see how it affects things
0: hey evan we need to do a future podcast is just about rants things we want to rant about virginia tech related college sports related not movie related or music related just i like it (laughs) so file that one away because we definitely want to rant about college of attendance excuse me cost Cost of of attendance. attendance
2: yeah duly noted
0: uh i think there's one more thing i had to say about that uh i can't remember what it was so let's just move on
1: uh, from Jim Kuhn, we have good coaches and players, but I'm wondering where we stand nationally or in the ACC with alumni giving to the athletic department. Would like to see a large investment in Lane Stadium, North End Zone Horseshoe, more skyboxes, boxes, etc. Can we even think about something like this, or do we just not have a giving fan base despite the uptick in Hokie Club membership? Oh, uh,
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many minutes in? We, um, yeah. de-
1: we, could,
3: we could dedicate a whole podcast. Yeah, so. I was about to say, let's, well, let's, let's Let's be brief. Try and get let, one let, more
0: question. Let's parse it out a little bit. Um, uh, I think that, that, and I've said this on the boards, I think if you put a grandiose plan in front of Hokie fans that they will respond. There's this this um, notion out there that Hokie fans are cheap, that they don't donate much, that the Hokie club is a wreck and it not any good at taking your money. I don't believe that. I believe if you put an inspiring vision in front of people, they will rally. Now, I will tell you, to answer your question about where Virginia Tech ranks among ACC schools, go to the drivefor25.com website and just look. There's all kinds of graphs and charts there. They're a little out of date because the Drive for 25 is two or three years old now, but it'll give you an idea of what percentage of living alumni donate, how much money they donate, mm-hmm. And so that'll kind of let you know where VT ranks. I think they were 4% when the drive for 25 was announced right. as far as graduates who,
3: percentage of yeah, graduates that's what who I heard donate well, to the host so. Club. I think they're up to around 6%
0: now. Yeah, they're wow. so, they've the, the, improved. As
3: much as people criticize, the drive for 25 has actually made big, big strides yeah. from a percentage standpoint. Yeah. I think we talked about that on Monday. I mean, from, it's, yeah, from 4% from,
0: to 6%, I mean, that's a 50% increase. And, and it went from like. Just under ten thousand donors at one point to sixteen or seventeen thousand. Right. right.
3: So, so right. that's a big deal. Um, but that said, you know, I, I think, I think they do need different leadership in the Hokey Club. Well, right now, they have no leadership because Bill Land is Bill Lansden is gone, and they're in the process of hiring someone new. So, I, and I think another thing we mentioned on Monday was is right now, you've got to sit back and be patient because they're in the middle of hiring new Hokey Club leadership. That new Hokey Club guy. Is going to be a or, different or, personality or, than Lanston He might that. want to reorganize the whole organization. Yeah, we might be sitting here six months from now, where we're still seeing changes because he's bringing in new personnel, right. reorganizing the structure, everything like that. So that that that's hard to predict. But we we do know that that, that Tech is going to announce some things fairly soon within yeah. the next couple months regarding fundraising and facilities, and you know we, we can flat out say it. Um, because it was in an email sent out to the Virginia Tech fan base when Bill Langston moved on. The Virginia Tech, they have a $350 million capital campaign in the works for athletics. For athletics, right. Right, For athletics. Now, exactly what that entails, the Castle Coliseum thing will be in there. Um, You will see more club seats in Lane. Uh, the the capacity of Lane will be lowered because Virginia Tech can't sell out Lane on a consistent basis anymore. Well, and,
0: and in the process of putting in club seats it'll lower the
3: capacity. It will lower the capacity. They're going to put in club seats so they can it'll lower the capacity but they'll generate more revenue because they're club seats. Right. Um, so it, it's 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 the right move. Um, I don't know exactly what else it will entail but you're going to see an announcement for the next couple months. So basically to reiterate what we said on Monday for everybody worried about facilities and hockey club structure and, and Hokie club leadership and things like that, don't even think about it for the next couple of months. Because what you see right now is not what's going to be there two months from now. Right. They're in they're in, they're in the process of hiring someone new and rolling out that plan, right. which I expect will get rolled out between sometime between now and the spring game. So don't even worry about it right now. Yeah. So just just sit back and wait. Wait for everything to be revealed
0: and then decide how you feel and about I it. And I will say this at, at that point in time once you see these things occur um, rally don't sit yeah. back and criticize and second guess become part of the solution. Right. Yeah, and I, I worry that tech fans at this
3: point were so used to complaining about things that that's going to be the first instinct when that plan is rolled out to look at it and say, "Well, I would have done this differently. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. This I don't doesn't like look that at, idea. I, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Exactly. How's this um, going to
0: gonna affect me in a bad way? Right, right, right. You know, again, and we talked about this at the end of the podcast on Monday. Stop that. Be yeah. part of the solution. Don't be part of the problem. Right. Let's do one
1: more question. All right. All right. Uh, from Tom Mary Lester, who is your men's basketball champion this year?
0: Mm. What, in the ACC or nationally?
1: No, nationally. Uh, I mean, it's
3: tough to argue against Baylor right now, isn't it? Yeah, um, but at the same time, I feel like they need to lose. They need to lose a game because they're, they're unbeaten in the Big Twelve, right?
0: The uh, last night, I believe they—I was—they uh, was, they beat game Oklahoma. Was on, they twenty-three and one or twenty-four and one.
3: they are un—they're unbeaten in the Big Twelve, though, right? do so they have some kind of correct some kind of long Big Twelve winning streak? They need to lose a game at the end of the season or in the Big Twelve tournament because the end of then they let's say they haven't let's say they run go undefeated in the Big Twelve. Win the Big Twelve tournament, and then you got to win six straight NCAA tournament games. That's a lot of games against high level competition that yeah. you have to win in a row. Um,
0: they, they, I just, I just don't, I, I don't I don't see them. Um, <laughs> and it's not like I sit around and watch Baylor games. I just don't see. When was the last time the number one team going into the tournament actually won the tournament? I actually, it's no exactly
2: idea. where I was about to go. With the last three four years or so, my bracket. Obviously, brackets aren't good, but like hasn't been close. I mean, think about it: who had Auburn in the Final Four last year? Who had
0: Texas Tech in the Texas championship? Texas
2: Tech in the championship, even Michigan State in the same region as Duke. I wonder how many people had Duke not at least in the Final Four last year? Then you go back the year before. and forget, but again, like um, Loyola Chicago, and you're getting these like six to eight seeds now making it. I feel like it's getting harder and harder to predict.
0: Well, a few years ago, wasn't Kentucky one of the most dominant teams in college basketball? They went into the tournament undefeated and and didn't win it.
2: Yeah, no, I,
0: I think they might have lost
2: like the round of 32.
0: Yeah, and and they they were more dominant than I'm guessing. I mean, Baylor's actually lost a game. That Kentucky team hadn't lost a game. So Duke lost with Zion Williamson, and that. Team of superstars last
3: year. Yeah. Uh,
2: here, here's my I don't know who's gonna win it, but I've got two takes, I'll, and I'll get you guys in here. I think Dayton can make the final four. They're number five in the country. Uh, Obi top in that. I mean, he is unreal. I mean, I know they're in the A10, but I. I mean, listen. I mean, if loyal Chicago can make, I mean, yeah, yeah. I just think Dayton's you can make a case for anybody to make it, and I think. Leonard Hamilton, here's my bold take for you on the podcast. Leonard Hamilton will will win a national championship before his career is over. I think there will be he's over
3: seventy. He's over seventy. You know that.
2: I do. I I think there will be one year that Florida State, with their height, and they get some outside shooting, that Florida State wins a national championship. I I don't think it's this year, but I think that somehow this whole reverse recruiting of while we get smaller in basketball, and he keeps getting seven footers, right, right, right. and if Vassell keeps shooting, I mean, one day Florida State is going to win national. It's, it's like, like if, call me crazy, but what, that's my. That's what my what hot if a take.
3: college football team went back to a power I formation one day to combat all these spread? Right, you know, it's because defenses are spreading out these days. But what if somebody lines up in an I formation and hits you in the mouth? How do you respond? You got to get a third linebacker on the field. And to take and and that we're, we're not
0: talking triple option cut block stuff, right. like What Georgia Tech does, we're talking. We're old talking about Wisconsin, Nebraska, speed option. Right. You know, like,
2: and that's the thing. Like if they can just get some outside shooting, like Vassell, who went off for what seven threes against Tech. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win it this year, but they're eighth in the country. And I mean, how do you defend a team that's got so many seven footers and so much length they, and can hit three? Historically,
3: the- them they FSC under Hamilton. They always seem to get knocked out of the tournament every year by someone that shouldn't beat them. Because they can't
0: can't play their best for six games in a row. Right, I I guess. At their best, they're a formidable team. Yeah, they they, they really, really are. And unfortunately, Um, when Buzz Buzz Williams had his best teams at Virginia Tech, Florida State always seemed to rise to the occasion against Virginia Tech. Yeah, Yeah. no doubt.
3: Last San season. Diego
2: State's twenty six, and I'm curious to see how they do. So I don't know. To answer that question, I don't know about you guys. I, I can't predict. I don't know who. I don't, I never buy Gonzaga. I always think they play in such a weak conference. Yeah, I never buy. Gonzaga. I never buy Gonzaga.
3: Okay. I buy them as a very good team,
2: but not at a legit. National yeah, championship. yeah. I'd
0: I'd love to be that program, but I don't think they're going to win a national championship. Yeah. So, anyways, we're it.
2: we're right about an hour. Great questions. Kind of took us all over the map there, from. Different sports to different avenues. Yep.
0: but Bo- both Lester brothers got in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know if you noticed that or not. <laughs>
2: they, uh, they did. All right, and we got your uh, song lyric. We got that.
0: That's right. So and, to- we, and we got unhinged teased. It is. It is written. It's going to be posted later today.
2: Awesome. And then uh, you guys ready for the nine o'clock tip tonight? A little caffeine, ready to go.
0: Uh, sure. <laughs> if you're up Chris, till two thirty, Chris has got it worse than I do. But yeah, I stayed I'm, up till two thirty the night before a nine p.m. Yeah. game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've I've already uh, already re um, oh God, what word am I looking for? Rescheduled my personal training for tomorrow morning, which right. is normally gonna be normally at seven thirty, but it's not gonna be at seven thirty on the day after a nine o'clock game.
2: Well, we will be back Monday morning nine thirty to recap the uh, weekend for Virginia Tech athletics. The Hokies have Miami, and then they have Duke on Saturday. We really didn't talk a ton about that, but the Hokies do do go to Durham. Yeah
3: that'd be nice to win but <laughs>
2: uh and so we'll, we'll be talking about that monday at 9 30 hope you can join us then for more facebook live questions uh will any any final thoughts you have before we sign off here
0: no that's it let's wrap it up and get to work
2: all right let's wrap it up again unhinged comes out today techsideline.com become a subscriber today to read this article it will put a lot of time energy what were the words you used to describe it again we'll close with that what were the words you used to describe writing this uh interesting
0: uh What was it? Interesting, compelling, disturbing, Disturbing. and personal.
2: (laughs) There you have it. That's what's coming up today on the Tech Sideline Podcast. That'll do it for our fantastic team, the best producer in the land, behind the scenes, Malcolm Stewart on the podcast set, Chris Coleman, uh, Will Stewart, Evan Hughes saying so long. Thanks so much for watching. Hit the like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. This has been episode 119 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Have a great week, everybody.